Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. There it is. There it is. We're doing it. It's all happening. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. My name is Joel. I'm Steve. And this is our podcast. <laughs> it is to today. <laughs> it is today. Man, we've got some really great guests today. I'm super stoked. Um, yeah. oh, that's nice. But uh, yeah, I. Uh, how you doing, man? You, Steve is coming to us hot and crazy. Yeah, He's the coming. Last, the last 72 hours have been bonkers. My wife and I moved. We talked about that, I think, last week. We yeah. started that Friday. Um, I did the thing Friday night, and then we, we Saturday we were yesterday we were working at our old house, and but I mean my hands are just shot. And then last night uh, I played a gig with Exile on O Street, so I got home at like two in the morning, oh. and uh, and then this like a half hour ago I was moving a tree, like <laughs> literally digging a tree out of our old backyard and putting it in the back of my Honda and driving Ooh. it to the new house. So. Like it's it's just been my entire I'm literally sitting uh uh in the utility room in my new house because it's the only place that I have uh good Wi-Fi. That's like my project today. I so I'm like sit, I'm sitting on a table leaf across from the furnace. <laughs> yeah, you're so. in the you're in the gimp room. I'm in the gimp room. That's hundred percent correct. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Oh shit. Well, cool. So, yeah, uh, but, you know, I've been I've been looking forward to talking to our guests today for uh, quite a while. So yeah, I'm stoked. We're gonna get right into it. Um, find us on Instagram at Trying to Be Better Podcast. Please email the show uh, at Steve Take It. <laughs> I can't do it. TTBB Podcast at gmail.com. I'm always nervous. I'm gonna say something inappropriate as if that's never happened on this podcast. <laughs> I was gonna say why you'd be nervous about that. I don't know. Weird. I don't know. Um, well, uh, without further ado, uh, we have, we have some really awesome guests today. Um, we found out that there's another Lincoln podcast through, how Danny, do we find Dan, Danny Renault? Yeah, that's right. Our previous guest, Danny kind of let us know. He's like, oh yeah, you guys are my other Lincoln podcast. And I'm like, wait a minute. There's another, <laughs> yeah, I'm not your favorite. Yeah, uh, no, we were, we definitely we were playing second fiddle to you guys, so which is fine because I listened to it and I'm like, yeah, right. that, that tracks. These guys are, way- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. We're way more neurotic. There's their podcast is called Always Chilling, and they legit are always chilling. And it, when you listen to, them, I was listening to them on a long walk the other day, and I'm like, man, I just love the way the conversation unfolds between these two guys, and I'm really curious to get to know them and how they how they do their thing. So, yeah, welcome. So, yeah, uh, it, all the always chilling podcast, Tom and yeah. Demond. Hey guys. Hey, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for all those kind words. It's really, it's really, that's the nicest thing anybody's ever said about us. <laughs> yeah, I think. Love. Appreciate the love. Yeah. You, you got, I you started, got to butter them up. Yeah. Right. Buttering up the guests. No, man. I went to one right. of Danny's showings six weeks or so ago. And yeah, he said what Joel said. And so I had to check you guys out and I'm like, yeah, I can relate. I mean, I really enjoy your flow and just kind of the, like, you know, you i made the comment you know well we're very different people and uh and uh, i love your guys's uh shout back like what different and like what do you mean probably, different <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just kidding That's man we, <laughs> no, but uh 
as I listen, I'm like, we're probably more similar than we are different, but like, right, 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 right. It's just interesting. Cause like a, neither of us are black B I've never served. We've never done, uh, like I've never served in the military. Um, I've never done time, Joel. I don't think you have either, you know, nope. but, uh, but as I, so, but as we listen to you guys talk, I'm like, we're very like simpatico in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And so I just, you guys, I just lo- I think you're insightful and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fun. That's really, I just, uh, and, but you guys also hit on some real shit, you know? Yeah. And right, I like, right. I yeah, like yeah, how it all, once in a while. Yeah. We try, <laughs> right. we try to do that, but it all kind of comes through this, this like flow of just this free form thing. And then, then there's these little nuggets of like, damn, <laughs> that was great. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I'm glad you guys, oh, go ahead. I'm glad you guys like it. Cause it, it, it doesn't feel like that when we're doing it. It feels like we have no idea what's going on. Right, so I'm glad, right, right. I'm glad it comes together in a coherent way outside of this room. It's, just trying it, to give real life experiences. You but know? it's like, it's one of those things like, uh, I'm not into like, uh the the things that i like entertainment wise and like music are things that require a certain amount of time like you invest a little bit of time in it so that you get like this bigger picture rather than these little sound bites of things right like i'm willing to invest it's not like you turn on go i don't like it and move on you know (laughs) you gotta give it 15 20 minutes Mm -hmm. and be willing to have that little nugget of awesomeness you know so anyway, well, I was actually I was actually listening to you guys show this morning while I was in the shower. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> and, hey. and and you mentioned the Beatles. You kept mentioning the Beatles. And I was like, damn, I, I'm surprised at how many Beatles songs I actually know, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you had me more on that than anything. Yeah, right nice. on. That's cool. And that's <clears> what like I'm not, I don't, I don't, I've I've never actively listened to hip hop in my life. Mm, really? That's, Whoa, wow. What? yeah but that's the thing so like that's new to me i didn't know that right there what's that i said joel's got the bc boys vinyl dude yeah i I see that so definitely two different dudes okay yeah we get it we get it okay so here's a question is the beastie boys considered hip-hop oh yes yeah most definitely most totally i I mean they they i mean they they started out as punks but then they found their way to hip-hop then they kind of circled back to punk and like funk and all that but yeah, yeah, I yeah. think their I think their main sort of pulse was hip hop rap. Right. Yeah, well, me growing up in the '80s, you know what I mean. We would find ourselves at the same shows, the punks and and, right. and the b boys. You know, we yep. were always at the same shows, yep. and that's kind of where I saw the Beastie Boys. You know, in that yep. hole in the wall with the punks over there mosh yeah. pitting, and we over here standing in our b boy stand. So yeah, Beastie Boys are are an integral part of hip hop. Totally. Okay. And I was thinking about the other day, I think I mentioned this on a, lo- a, a long ago episode, like punk was already kind of dead by the time early nineties came around. Yeah. But when I put on NWA, ice T ice cube, that pissed my dad off. Right? <laughs> so like, like that, that was punk. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. that was, that was a punk energy um, in the, in the early nineties. So there's a lot of crossover. Mm. A lot. Listened- it was all the same. It was all the same message. Yeah. I, yep. I listened to, uh, public enemies fear of a black planet for the first time like two months ago Dude, wow how was that to your ears it was awesome <laughs> it was awesome like yes, i seriously sir. i was i was driving along just being like i felt uh energized and like fucking mm-hmm. like hey where yeah, i, I man. felt That's like first listen it was really it was incredible man i, I love the shit out of it and it was i i really uh 
realize like how like i've really missed a lot <laughs> mm. Of, well, that's um, the thing about music. Like, there's no being late to the party. So, like, go never, back to. I mean, if like it never dies. If fear of a black planet got to you, you know, like, there's a lot to recover. I think you know what I mean. Like going oh, back most definitely that, right. Well, that, so, that's what I'm kind of excited about. That actually, yeah. Because now I have this whole new thing to dive into. Yeah, yeah. we'll send it. We'll send you some deep cuts, man. We, we could do. Yeah. Do it, man. Apocalypse '91. That that public enemy record was my sort of that was my public enemy introduction like that one was can't trust it and mm. by the time i get to arizona that stuff was like blowing my mind as this right, 12 year old right, white right. kid in columbus you know right. <laughs> it's just like, well there, there's actually one more album before that it's called my uzi weighs a ton and yeah that's that's, that's that's the one that's my public enemy that's that's, that's where that's i you. go nice so how did you do uh, meet yeah uh i started getting my hair cut here his wife does a great cut <laughs> um you know i got out of the marine corps and i was like i like to get a fade uh going to the chain barbershops around here wasn't really doing it for me um so i came in here one day i got a haircut and i was like that's a fucking badass haircut and i'll i'm gonna come back every two weeks until you know they're not cutting hair anymore i guess right. it's kind of it just kind of evolved into us being friends hanging out doing a podcast so that's cool. Yeah. So are, are you guys both Nebraska people? Like born? Oh, yeah. Born and raised, yeah. Yeah, born and raised in Lincoln. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, kind of me too. I moved around a little bit after like my sophomore year of high school. My dad changed careers. So we moved Alabama and Virginia and I moved out to California for a couple of years and then came back here. Um, and Joel's, you know, you were what, Ord and Columbus and Lincoln. Yeah, Cl- I, yeah, like small town Nebraska growing up, like Columbus and then Ord, and then Lincoln for college. I lived in LA for a few years for okay. grad school, but yeah, pretty much, yeah, this has always kind of been home. Like I consider myself a Lincolnite because this is yeah. where I spent the most time. Yeah, I had a few years in California too when I was in the Marine Corps, but yeah, I came right back. Yeah, I think you said you were in San Diego. Is that right? Uh, 29 Palms, California. Uh, okay. So a couple hours away from San Diego, but right. 29 Palms. Yeah, it's a- Palms. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds- well, I don't know if that. It sounds like a spa or like <laughs> yeah, it's not like a romance not. novel or something. Right? No, neither neither one of those things. A lot of there's a lot of meth, a lot of yeah. meth houses. It's like yeah. it's basically it's it's in the middle of a desert, right? It's yeah. not. It's, it sounds tropical, but it's not. Right. Um, it's, in the, it's in the middle of the Mojave Desert, and it's all there is is the base. So it's surrounded by you know crack shacks and massage parlors, quote unquote, yeah, breaking, right? And uh, tattoo places and used car dealerships, and that's pretty much all the town is. So, oh, um, nice. Yeah. Wow, that sounds kind of gangster. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds, sounds like Antelope delightful. Valley. Like, yeah, we we when I lived in Valencia, just up the road a piece, uh, my wife's brother lived in <clears throat> uh, Palmdale. So it sounds like this oasis. It is not an oasis yeah. at all, right? Like it's gnarly. Yeah. yeah. Well, if it has the if it has the word palm in it, it's usually not Palm Springs. That's out in the middle of the desert, right? In between a bunch of mountains. Yeah. Palmdale, twenty nine palms. But if it, if it has palm stay in away. the name, stay away. Don't don't do it. <laughs> trying to get you. They're trying to get you here. Yeah, that's right. a trick. <laughs> Marketing. So, uh, where'd you guys go to school? Like, were you are you guys similar in age? Like, did you guys? Were you guys, you guys were not pals before coming into the barbershop. So um, I, I, I actually graduated high school in 1994, man. If that'll let yeah, you he's, know where I'm at. Yeah. He's uh, a little older than me. I yep. graduated high school in 2009. So he's, oh, okay. Yeah, he's, okay. There's a, yeah. There's a little bit of a gap, but yep. 
Yeah. Well, same here. Joel yeah, and I are 10 years apart age-wise. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I graduated in 98. My brother was 94, so I kind of know that Gen X life, I guess, a little bit. Yes, sir. But, yeah. <clears throat> um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm just I, I want to start like I've just been itching to say this, so I know it's kind of a hard pivot, but <laughs> let's roll, yeah, baby. Let's it, roll. <laughs> uh I don't we don't do it like you guys. You guys are smooth with it, but uh what do you what have you learned about the art of conversation? Because I think that that's what I've been chomping at the bit to ask you to. Cause Steve and I like I go back and listen to our stuff and it's like sometimes we're rolling with it well, sometimes it's herky jerky. That's just who we are. But like you guys consistently seem to have this wonderful like creation or curation of a conversation. Like, what is that? What has that meant to you? How is that has that changed the way you see? the world like what is the podcast done for you yeah i mean there there's definitely an, an active part of having a conversation that we kind of we kind of had to learn our first like our first few episodes are definitely not any kind of smooth it didn't sound any kind of good you know i, I listened to i listened to our first episode Some dead spots, i listened to our first spots. episode the other day and i was like man this is embarrassing but it's just <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of just just taking those conversations and being willing to you know push it a little farther like this is this is where i would normally stop with this conversation but let's let's ask a couple more questions let's mm. dig into it just a just a little bit deeper and i found that just digging that little tiny bit deeper often leads to a pretty good conversation so mm. so that's definitely been part of it and then a, i mean a good part of it is we just you know we just vibe man we're just we're just on the same page most of the time um even when we're not we can do it respectfully you know we're not yeah. afraid to have a conflict between ourselves because mm. we you know we understand that conflict doesn't mean fight right so right, sure. you know i can i can disagree with him he can disagree with me nobody's going to have any hard feelings about it and at the end of the day it's going to be a better conversation for it so and i myself I, i'll just i'll just kind of brief it i'm the who what why when and where kid you know so if you can't give me that then our conversation probably won't go too far you know mm -hmm. and like i said growing up in the family and being in the atmospheres and being a barber and i always have to listen yeah i've always been able to listen first and and that's and not say too much yeah know? yeah i i i am shocked sometimes when i used to get my hair cut my hair i haven't been cut in a while but like you know before i was actively in therapy <laughs> like i would talk to my barber and she would just ask, how are you doing? And I'd be willing to just unpack probably way too much to her. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, sure yeah. you've heard oh, yeah. it all, right? Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've heard it all. I've seen it all. And just being a barber, man, I've been to graduations, sporting events. Mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've been to it all, man. And, and that's, that's I, I don't know if it comes natural with me or in, why I'm in this profession or not. It's, yeah, conversation rules the nation. I've always been taught that by my dad. So. Mm -hmm. If you want to get it done, you want to get over it, you want to get through it, we got to talk about it. Mm. Some volumes need to be heard. Some facial expressions may need to be seen. But mm. all in all, we need to talk about this. There's a lot of wisdom in that, dude. <laughs> so you're saying, yeah. like, instead of just, like, repressing it and shoving it down and just using, like, silent scorn as a weapon that's not super oh, yeah. productive? Yeah, we got we got to talk about it with me. I, we we may need to yell, we may need to whisper, yeah. but it's oh. going to be talked about today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, sure. there's been there's been that element of our show too that I think has helped a lot. Just in that, you know, I'm a white dude and he's a black dude, mm. and right now, you know, white dudes and black dudes sitting at a table together and talking about stuff is yeah. kind of it's, it's, kind of, it's, it's important. You know, you know 
you uh damon you just got in a car accident correct yeah so i i really appreciated what you said about the lady that hit you oh yeah yeah which is like be cool be cool man be, be cool, cool. Like, everybody's standing yeah man and like it really like that kind of hit me right in the feels because like that need that sentiment needs to be said so loudly and maybe silent you know quietly too but the that like this lady like she may not speak the best english she's not from this country and there's a lot of uh you know sentiment around that situation oh, definitely right and, and, and so the fact that you came out and spoke truth to don't be an asshole just because she's not from around here yeah like that's no, not, not right not that, like that that really i thought yeah man like that's i i thought thank you for saying that you yeah. know like that's more like, than welcome that's a message that needs to be said a lot i think like mm. just just be nice yeah. this lady yeah. you know she wasn't she wasn't intentionally targeting you you I know mean, come on was, man I it mean, was a fucking know? accident yeah that's what they call them those <laughs> right <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of the appeal of Demond, right? It's like he's he's always like the name of the show, always chilling. That's because I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, I'm always chilling. I'm like, always he's, chilling. Like he's just cool, no matter what's going on. He's he's gonna be cool, you know. Despite the stressful situations he's been in, despite his past, he's you know the nicest dude I've probably ever met. So, mm. well, that the, that that energy just takes so much out of you, you know. And and I'm I've been that guy. I've been that flawed where ah, you hit my car. Yeah, and, and it never works out. Somebody yeah. ends up getting taken away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so now I'm able to butter my bread, you know, because I've been through that. And just yeah, keep everybody cool, man. What's what's the? I mean, honestly, what's the secret? Because, like, I mean, I in the last few years, I've taken and and we've talked about a lot on this show. Like our our vibe here is like always trying to bring it back to how can we be better people, better humans, mm -hmm. better citizens, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. better husbands, better friends, all that shit. But like, I'm always kind of curious, like how can somebody maintain that inner Zen, that inner peace, that inner contentment, regardless of the shit show that's happening around them? Like, what's right, your secret? We both, we both. I mean, I'll take it first, you know, uh, I've been in and out of cells, man, since I was 16 years old. You know, mm -hmm. I was, I was a, I was a problem child and, and that, that forced isolation. Mm. I mean, when you hear people say those walls talk, yeah, they really do talk mm -hmm. and they tell the truth and they won't shut up until you get your mind right. Mm -hmm. So having that and, 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 and knowing I had that power all along. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Yeah. And that's, that's where you, you know, that, that's why I call it the smack, smack yourself moment. Mm -hmm. Look in the mirror we, and smack the in, shit out uh, of you. Cause, <laughs> Joel cause it's you, I, it's you. Yeah, yeah. Joel and I, we've talked about it. I don't know if you guys are aware or not, but we're both, you know, recovering, recovered, however you want to put it, alcoholics. And um, like, so that, that, that smack we call in quote, the rooms, the moment of clarity. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know, where it's like, Oh, this it's is me. all it's me it's me it's not anybody else but me it's me yep. yeah i'm the i'm the fucking problem and also i'm yeah. i'm the only one that can set myself free regardless of what's going on around yeah me. and that takes a lot that takes yeah. a lot that takes a lot and 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 since i've gained this power i've i've gained the reputation of being an asshole 
Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the weirdest thing. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. It's the right. weirdest thing. I'm like, well, I was an asshole before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but what do you, what do you think that is? It people like not really down to like be around somebody that's okay with themselves? Is that yeah. it? That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's an real. attack because in 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 I, what was the what would they say? Uh, uh, I was accused of not having any feelings because I was like, well, anything directly outside of my circle, I'm not supposed to pay attention to. Yeah, uh-huh. I can't. I can't. I can't, I want to help everybody, but I can't. Mm-hmm. So I right. can't. I can't spin that in, around in my mind any longer because i gotta do what i gotta do within my circle you gotta draw the line somewhere you gotta draw the line you gotta draw the line i would love to help everybody in the world but i know i just can't so why stress myself out with it Mm -hmm. something profound you said on an episode i listened to recently about uh about prison about being on the yard and about how i think it was something like you couldn't make eye contact with everybody you couldn't connect with everybody so there was this I mean, just for self-preservation, right? Like you couldn't necessarily let everybody in. So you had to be internal. That can go either way. And, I, and I, I'd i be interested to hear Tom's perspective too about the military. Like what's, what, how does that self-preserve? How do you, I mean, there's, you probably seen examples of both or maybe experienced it. Like one way that self-preservation shit takes somebody down an even darker road or, sure. or that self-preservation takes you down a path of like resiliency. Sure, sure. Well, for me, one of the things that I learned um, from my squad leader, an amazing guy, I still kind of idolize him to this day, is that, you know, good guys, bad guys, that, that's a matter of perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, we think we're the good guys. They think they're the good guys. You know, everybody's trying to do what they think is the right thing to do. Whether it, whether it actually is or not, everybody is approaching something from a standpoint of, I think this is the right thing to do, just like I am. So when I'm confronting somebody, I think I'm doing the right thing. They think they're doing the right thing. And that's just an important thing to have in mind, you know, especially from an aspect of changing someone's mind. You know, it's not all about you're wrong and I'm right. It's, you know, we both think we're right and we need to come to an understanding about it. So learning about that has been really helpful after getting out of the Marine Corps, obviously. Um, And then when I was in grad school, I read this book. I don't remember what it was called, but it's about this concept of getting outside of your own box. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people live in this box where they're like, oh, that guy cut me off and he did it specifically to inconvenience me. <laughs> and, you know, where the I'm trying to get to work and that's the most important thing in the world because it's the most important thing to me. A lot of people don't recognize like, oh, that guy probably has somewhere that he's trying to get to, too. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe his wife's in labor. Maybe he mm-hmm. has an emergency going on and maybe I don't need to be mad about him cutting me off. You know, so the concept of getting out of your box and kind of understanding thing like everybody else is you know the main character in their own story like nobody is specifically out to get me mm-hmm. nobody is specifically doing things to harm me and if they do and then maybe i just need to make them aware of it and they'll probably be you know apologetic at the very least but you know nobody is at, nobody's out to get you Jim. i really tom i uh, i think it was well one of your recent ones you were talking about um well i would call it social anxiety but for you it's more like self-preservation anxiety is related to the service and like going to places that are unfamiliar and being around like always having to kind of be on guard because you just never know when the shit's going to happen yeah and and i i I really appreciated your um i mean i kind of understand that but like you 
explained that in a way that was uh, powerful and meaningful to me. Just to, like uh, I this is this is my frame of reference for that is uh, Matt Damon in the first Born movie. <laughs> right where he's like i know that guy's got a gun underneath his truck seat i know how much that guy over there weighs i know that there are four exits in this room and i don't know how i know any of that right mm, yeah, yeah. and that so that while you were talking about that that's the picture i had in my head but um like i can't i i don't want to say this like it takes sometimes it takes a lot of bravery just to go out to the grocery store no shit. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm really glad that that resonated with you. I'm glad that you appreciated me saying that because you know one of now that I we kind of have a, a platform, not that it's a huge platform, but you know, uh, a lot of people don't understand what it's like to get out of the service as a veteran. Like, you know, a lot of people have this impression of what being a veteran is or what it should be like, and it's not necessarily the case. So part, one of my goals here is to kind of you know shed some light on stuff that you know maybe veterans aren't usually very quick to talk about you know a lot of my friends they're not going to talk about their social anxiety on a show that people mm -hmm. listen to but you know i think those conversations are important to have just from a understanding my fellow man standpoint you know totally my right. wife my wife is a counselor mental health counselor and uh like that's one of her favorite areas to work in is veterans and ptsd just because of just could because of what you just said you know, it's like to come out of the service and it's and for the most part, society at large is not uh, in tune with that. Yeah. And uh, and, and and just to to destigmatize that. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's I'm, not, I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm not saying that everybody needs to fully understand the veteran experience or be aware of it. I just, you know, it's just something to think about sometimes. You know? Yeah, sure. I, I, I'm also I'm also struck with, too, like I was just thinking about. So in, in my path recovery, kind of the kind of the thing we we have to do in order to kind of keep sober or whatever is to help other people. And there was this cat that was kind of he was he was down at the pen for maybe a year and a half. And I remember like he he got released and I was connected to his family and we were like all went out to this barbecue joint to like celebrate that. And I remember 15 minutes into that he just got up and he went outside and I was like, he was gone. I thought he went to the bathroom and I was like, eh, it's been longer than that. So I went outside and he was smoking. He was pacing in the, in the fucking parking lot. Yeah. This is too much. This is it's too, too much. Mu it's exactly it's what much. he said. It's too much. Like the world had moved on and the world was rolling and he was living a different on just the other side of a wall was living this different world. And it was just like my whole perspective on shit changed. Like, mm -hmm. I, I saw a restaurant differently from that point on, you know what I mean? Just like, this is a lot, you know, like the chow hall at the pen versus this barbecue joint is couldn't be further from each other. That's a high stress moment. You know, like I said, I think, uh, yeah, I, I had a deal in Walmart, man. It was, uh, uh, a little after I got released and so many people swinging and, and going, coming towards me and, I, I sprinted. I, mm. bought, I bought a bottle four three out of that place, man. And my wife's like, "What the hell?" I'm like, I, "It's this is I can't do this." When mm. I went in, phones were still buttons, and you know, and coming out, and it was just it, oh, I, wow. I, how I long ended up holding myself up back in the house for a week? How mm. long were you inside then? Uh, I've been three different times, man. A total of uh, fifteen years total. Okay, that's a chunk of that's a chunk of change right there. Yeah, so five, five, and a little over five. Dude, See, and that, what can happen in five fucking years? I mean, that's like, 
That's like a, a, that's that's a time warp, dude. A lot can happen in in six months, even being right. locked in your own house. Right. So that's something that like I've never done time behind bars, but I spent a decade um, isolated with booze and drugs. Right. Same thing, bro. Same thing. Same thing. That's I, a mental. That's a mental prison. Yeah. Sure. Well, thank. I appreciate you saying that because I agree. You know, and that's like when I started sobering up, I had to, I had to digest that. Like I lost a decade of my life, really. Right. Most definitely. And mm. so like I, 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 I mean, thanks for saying that. Cause that's, uh, that's really how it felt to me when I had my moment of clarity and thought, oh my God. Yeah. Well, it blew it. my mind when I got sober too, that people were saying like the growth stopped when you started actively drinking. It's like, I, I, I got sober at almost 21 and I was still fucking 13. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know how to, I, I didn't know how to, that fight. And then there's that fight, you know, getting out when I went in, I'm like, I was, I was 28 and then I'm getting out at, you know, almost, I was like, wow, now I got a, I got, I got that fight now. Mm. Mm. So mm. when did you become a barber? Like, is that something that was that, did you get, did you have like a flash of like, I'm going to do this or like, uh, I was, uh, I was a kid around here in the eighties, man, growing up in the hip hop era where, we could only see rappers on videos every every weekend, you know, and we couldn't get the gold chains, couldn't get the hundred dollar sneakers, but we could wear those haircuts. Oh, mm-hmm. and I had an aunt, you know, that was a uh, I call her the Renaissance woman, man. That lady did everything. My aunt Debbie, man, I was finding myself running to her house like every other day to get a haircut, new haircut. I saw Big Daddy Kane and now I need the high top fade. So I started bothering her so much, bro. I knocked on the door and she just handed me the clippers. Here, take this shit. Hmm. That's awesome. You yeah. do it. You do it. <laughs> you want yeah. this so bad, you figure it you out. You do it. Yeah. So man, I was about uh I was about 11 then. So I like to say I've been toying with the clippers probably since I've been 11 years old. Wow. I was the barber in prison for four and a half years. So I was, you know, I've always been good at this. I've always had a knack. I can talk. Mm-hmm. Let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. So you say you were the barber in prison. Was that a formal thing or informal? Uh, like, a little bit, of, a little bit of both, yeah, I okay. guess. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Uh, they in there they like if you had a job on the streets, construction, you know, whatever, and they had that available in there, they'll try to try to keep you it it with your career. So sure. when you do get get out, you can bounce back with that. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it, you know. It was. It had been in my background. They knew I played with some Clippers, so it it kind of kept me out of a lot more trouble than I probably could have got into in there. Sure. It was a. It was a six hour. It was a six hour shift. It's okay. better than. It's better than some jobs I've heard about in the joint. Like, <laughs> you know, like I mean, there's a lot of fucking work you could do in there that would be a lot more intense. A lot of slavery. A lot of slavery. Bro. There we go. There we go. There we go. I mean, I was just talking to my wife too about this, like, cause you know, I took, I took recovery meetings into a, a prison for a while and the guys would come in there and be like, yeah, I fucked up yesterday. I'm like, how are you getting fucked up in here? And it's like, oh dude. And, and that's when like the, the, what I thought was going on was completely fucking broken wide open. And I was like, oh, this is all a fucking system rigged against these people. There's nothing about this that's re- you know nothing nothing Nothing. you know Ah, yeah never one of the worst if not the worst prison systems in the country right now yeah nebraska 
Yeah, yeah, real, real. I think they're over a hundred per one hundred and fifty percent capacity in there now, and no education for the guys. Yep. You know, my first prison number they had uh, Southeast Community College, Omaha Metro. You know, computer and took everything out. Mm. Oh. Yeah, budget cuts. Oh, budget you cuts. Know, they kept GED in there, but you know, there's college educated guys and they don't need, you know, they, they are they have master's degrees in here, you know, there's veterans in here that they right. don't need GED. So it was it was more to like you said, design to keep them behind. And I remember I can't remember which number this was, but I remember I had to go to mental health. I had to go down there and uh, see a counselor and I and I remember walking past one of the shops. And if there's one color that's that stands out in this state is that Husker red, right? Hmm. And I remember seeing this Husker red. I'm like, that's the most colorful thing I've ever seen in three years, right? Hmm. So I'm like, wow, what's going on here? Well, this is before they rebuilt the east side of the stadium. Everything in that stadium, everything in every state office building was made by an inmate. The furniture, the art on the walls, the desks—it's all slavery, bro. That's I the mean, Cornhusker, Cornhusker, Cornhusker State Industries. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I mean, they wow. got these guys building houses, but when you get out, you can't be placed. You got to go fit for yourself with a hundred-dollar check. It's like, wow, these guys. This guy's been building modular homes for fifteen years, and he can't get out and get that job. You can't have a job waiting for these guys. It's 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 all slavery, man. It's it's a it's a real bad deal in there. Oof. It's almost it's almost by design, right? By design. Almost. Yeah, exactly. almost. Yeah, not, yeah, not even almost. <laughs> it's almost like, hmm, it's almost like that's the fucking point. That's the point. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's another one of the things that with the show, I think it's important for us to talk about, you know, like Demond's been to prison. There's a lot of stigmas that come with that as well. And, you know, doesn't yeah. mean he's a bad guy. Doesn't mean. No, no, I, I actually I know uh, probably three real geniuses in there right now. But, you know. Yeah. I mean, not every guy in there is a, a dumb dropout or a drug addict, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot right. of dudes in there was victim of circumstance and maybe he had to do what he had to do to feed his family or or whatever and whatnot, you know. I know a lot of guys that broke the law once and never came back. I know a lot of guys while I was in there that came back four or five and six times. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what, where, where's this guy at? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be that. And then the word institutionalized. Right. Yeah, well, that's... And that, that's something you were talking about um well in recovery it's a big deal like there's uh uh one of the steps is you know you came to believe that you could be restored to sanity right Mm. and so what if you've never known sanity Mm. like what if your life has been known nothing but violence and chaos and uncertainty since you were a kid and so that thing of like you come to these rooms with these people that obviously kind of know what they're talking about but don't really in in the individual's mind yeah but you don't know you don't know you don't don't know know. what's actually and then and then and then we joel and i were just talking about this before you guys signed on uh kind of a mutual friend of ours he got to that place where he's like i I can't do this I, i can't I can't live this life that you people are projecting, even though I see you doing it, I can't do it. So I think I'm just going to go back to my other thing. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And it's, so it's a very similar that like uh, addiction is a, is a form of institutionalization. Exactly. Like you get out and like, you know, I know that looks like this, the promised land, right? I can see it on top of that shiny hill. And I see, I hear y'all talking about it. 
And I hear you all saying that you've been there and you've seen it. And you've stood on top and you've seen the vistas and the freedom. And it sounds awesome. And I know that I'm never going to make it. Oof. Right. And so that's, <laughs> that's where it's so hard, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Is to, well, you, is to, you, you, you took me back to, I think it was my second prison term. Man, I was so wild out here, man. I mean, it's so foggy. I don't remember, mm. but I, 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 I basically told the judge, man, I, I gotta lay it down, man, or I'm, I'm a goner, man. I need, I need this time right now. Yeah. I, I wouldn't give a damn if you gave me ten years right now, man. Yeah. I I, I, so I'm feeling you there. You got me hyped up on that one, bro. <laughs> Good. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm blown away by the similarities. Just as we're talking, I'm like, fuck yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a whole that's a whole experience that and that's like the point of what this whole podcast is about what yours your podcast is about what this particular episode is about is the 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 possibility of commonality and identification and how fucking important and healing that is to community yeah yeah i mean even even with the military like coming back with ptsd it's like i i see all these people living normal lives i see all these people that took a different path it's not necessarily mine and I, yeah, I want to be there, but it, it takes a lot more effort for me to be there than it feels like it takes other people to be there. You know, like I have to, I have to consciously make a decision to be that way. And it seems like that's everybody else's default, you know? Mm. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's work, man. That's what it is. It's, it's work. I totally I really, see, Yeah. Like in recovery, it's like, it's almost like, we, it's like you get to that room and you see somebody who's been sober and, and you know, you, you're trying to stay sober two days and you, you, some dude comes up to you and says, they've got 10 years. It's like, Either A, you're fucking lying. There's no way. <laughs> There's no fucking way you stayed sober on weekends too, like weddings, Husker games, all Husker of it. Husker games. Really? Like that's bullshit. Or that that whatever they're doing is some sort of thing that you can't attain. It's like, I can't see that for me. That's cute that you have that, but I can't see that for me. Yeah, it's like your life looks great. Personally, I'm having a lot of fun sitting in the basement in the dark by myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, that, I that mean, gets me hyped. I'm like, ah, that's my yeah, shit I mean, right there. I don't like to party. I like to, I like to lay on the ground and check my pulse. You know what I mean? That's yeah, my I mean, kind yeah, of party. Get, getting out of a rut like that, man. And sometimes it's like you look at other people and it's like, do you guys not feel this down? Sometimes do you guys not feel this way? And it makes you, it just makes you feel like an alien. You know, like I just, I came back from the military and I felt like a total outsider. No one understands what I'm going through. Nobody can relate to me. Every it looks so easy for everyone else. And you know, maybe that's just my perspective. It probably wasn't easy for them either, but it's like everybody else is doing it. And I just don't like what's wrong with me that makes it so hard. You know, and it's just it just you know, it ruins your self-esteem, it ruins your self-image. You're like, I'm never gonna be able to be a part of society again. Mm-hmm. That's like, you said something, Tom, uh about the same podcast we were just talking about a minute ago, but like you and this is kind of a thing in recovery, too. It's like you have fashioned out a life for yourself that is satisfying for you and rewarding yeah. that doesn't meet any it doesn't have to meet any criteria. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's something that maybe everybody could benefit from. You know, I, I think it was the last show I, I see. We'll say out loud to my life, my wife, like we're having a great relationship moment right now. Like this is really oh, fun. I feel I feel really connected to you. This is great. And I mean, doing stuff like that, frankly, has helped my relationship immensely. And it's also kind of bled into the rest of my life. Mm. Like I'll be driving home from work and I'll be like, I'll pull onto my street and I'll be like, wow, my life is amazing. Shit's and it's dope. Yeah. All, all I'm doing is driving to a house that I own. You know, I'm like, this is cool, man. Yeah. I'm doing something good. That's not a small thing. I can totally relate, man. 
Yeah, I like, mean, I'm sometimes a guy that, you got to step outside of your body and appreciate a moment, you know? Like, yes. That, my, brain that's is, like, my brain tells me this sucks, but it, objectively, it really doesn't. That's yeah. like, I mean, that's the kind of the path I'm on, dude. It's like, that's like real mindfulness where you can be in, you can appreciate the circumstances and smile to whatever's happening. And, you know, I had a similar, we had a house, first house guest stay with us this weekend. And so, you know, I, I teach, so like, I'm not in class right now. So I'm like, I'll clean the whole house. Right. And plus I, I when I clean, I go bananas crazy. Like, <laughs> my, my wife said, you're mething out. I'm like, she, she came home and I'm like scrubbing in between the tiles in the kitchen. She's like, dude, are you, did you stay sober today? <laughs> but like, I, and I was like, I don't need anything more than I have. And I like had this overwhelming mm. moment. Like mm. I've got this little house, thousand square feet. I don't need anything more than I have right now. And that is fucking, that's a trip. Yeah. It's, and if it the, the first time you have that moment, it, it just feels really good. You're like, yeah. I like, is this what being content feels like? <laughs> you know, like I spent a long period of my life not knowing what just being content was. Right. Right. It's always like, oh, if you're not grinding, you're not doing anything. If you're not reaching for more and more and more, you're not doing anything. But that, I mean, that's not the case, man. I'm, I've felt what being content feels like, and it feels good. And that doesn't necessarily mean I'm done. Yeah. And, you know, right. everything else is yep. everything else is just icing on the cake. You know? well, right. I, I think. Well, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'll go ahead and admit this pandemic, the gift and the curse that it is, really helped me. I mean, I started getting outside. Mm-hmm. I've never been a outdoorsy nature kind of dude, but I am now. Yeah. I know I know what plants I can eat now and <laughs> if I'm lost in the forest. Yes. Know? So, you know, I, I, it's, it's helped me a lot. You know, I got to know myself a little more. Like Tom said, man, I'm like, this is this, this shit's just dope. Yeah. You know, I'm just, and I think we can all say, ultimately, none of us should probably be here, but mm. we are. Right. Right. I'm we on are. borrowed time. Yeah, sure. I, yeah, you I mean, know, and it takes a man to admit that. Yeah, that yeah. was that was a big thing for me too. Like I, I went to Afghanistan fully expecting not to come back, and then wow. I, and then you, well, and then you do, and it's like and then you do, you know, and it's same like, thing well, with prison. I thought I was gonna get shanked up the first day. Yeah, and you're just like, okay, now what do I like? I didn't have a plan for this. Like I was fully yeah. expecting to not be here anymore, and now I'm living this life that I you, didn't necessarily plan for. You know, you almost and and that's different with addiction, but like you almost have to, you almost have to go there. Right. Like you almost have to accept because that's I mean, at the fundamental level, you're you're strapping on that uniform as a willing participant in sacrificing your life. I mean, that's part of it. Right. That's got to be part of it. So it's like you almost have to go there and accept that. Yeah. And honestly, like the when you're in you're overseas, like if you get you know, you get killed, your mom gets a five hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy. So I'm over there thinking like, oh, if I die, at least my mom is set up, you know, like I'm like. I like oh. I have this mindset now where I'm like, if I die, it'll be a good thing. Don't get no realer than that. See, and then when you bring that home with you and it's, you know, that's a problematic mindset to have. And it's something that you have to get over. But there was a period of my life where I'm like, hopefully mom's not listening to this. She probably yeah. will because she's super supportive. <laughs> Hi, mom. Um, Hi, mom. But yeah, like I was, I, was in Af- I was in Afghanistan. Like, oh, honestly, if I die, it'll make a lot of people's lives a lot easier. Wow. Mm. Yes, yeah, that's, that's a component. That's a component of addiction too. Yeah, yeah. Because like, if, I, an if, addict, I, if I'm, I clock out tonight, then other people can at least relax. Because well, yeah, because I'm I'm a source of chaos in these people's lives, and on some fucking level, I know that. And so if I right. remove myself from this equation, the storm will be over. I mean, that's the lie, but there's some truth yeah. to that too. Yeah, exactly. And I relate to that a lot too because it's like you 
you leave the Marine Corps or you leave for the Marine Corps a certain person and you come back and you're not that person anymore. Mm, yeah. And you feel like, you know, you feel like you're letting people down. You're I'm, I'm extra irritable dealing with my, you know, rage outbursts is a, mm-hmm. probably people don't like it. So, you know, that it kind of carries on. Like if I wasn't here now, it probably still would be easier for mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, once you get in that mindset, it's really hard to get out of it. You can spin it however you need to, to make it apply to any situation. So you mm-hmm. just gotta, you just gotta break it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my equivalent of that was I'm my mother's only son. Mm-hmm. You know, like so I was, you know, I was wild in these streets, man. So I always felt like she knows where I'm at. Mm-hmm. She knows I'm safe mm-hmm. to a point. Right. Mm-hmm. She knows I ain't in these streets and I ain't gonna be murdered and found in a ditch somewhere. Mm-hmm. She, she can come see me. She mm-hmm. can see I'm healthy. She can mm-hmm. see I'm breathing, you know, and that that's what that's what got me through. And then, you know, the lady wrote me a letter every day. Mom, I would get a letter from my mother. Wow. Every wow. Single day. And now was one for moms. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Mama's boy. I'm a self-proclaimed man. Mama's boy. <laughs> That's fucking beautiful, especially because like, you know, the difference between yeah, the, I don't know. I'm just blown away by like she knew where you were. She knew that she could come at a certain time and that you would fucking show up because it got right. you off the unit. And so then you're in the visiting room and she knew like there he is. He's OK. He yeah. ate today. He's alive. Yeah. And seeing that in her eyes, it's like, damn. Yeah, that's I, something I, I don't I don't know that I can ever. um whatever pay back my mom which is that for a while she didn't know where i was yeah i try every day and hey mom i know you're listening to but yeah i try to i try i try i try to spoil my mom every day with something because i know what i've done to her Mm -hmm. wow and even till this day my wife kind of makes fun about it (laughs) i'll call my mom you know she's so used to getting calls about me It's, it's not hello it's what (laughs) <laughs> and I, I deserve it i'm like hey mom <laughs> that's a thing. That, that's a big thing in like early recovery is like um call your parents yeah no matter what your relationship is call them mm. whether it's once a week start with once a month move to once a week and and here's the important part ask them how they're doing Ooh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then after after a few years Maybe they won't answer the phone with, are you okay? Yeah. What now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It might take a little while, you know. Yeah, hey, I'm still working. I'm still working. Me too, man. Same. Same. My right. parents and I lived um, a minimum of 1,500 miles apart for 20 years. Oh, wow. Right? I lived in Nebraska. They were in Virginia or Korea. My dad was in the service. And, uh, and then, like, when they retired, they moved three miles away from me. Ooh. and that was <laughs> that's, that's different it's a yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a dynamic change for sure you know but we're uh you know my dad passed a year ago but you know we're figuring it out that's the that's the one thing that i can do is you know try and be there for my mom you know that's, that's how i can you know and that's not perfect you know uh we're and i'm, I'm smiling as i say this we're different people um <laughs> but you know um you know i love her she loves me and we just trying to we're you know it's that we're like when I say we, I mean me and my wife and my kids, like we're going 24 mm-hmm. seven. Like we're just the kids got activities. We're always not chilling. We are moving. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so it's hard to like find it sounds shitty, but it's like hard to find time to just sit for a few hours, you know, especially like right now. 
Yeah. And yeah. Um, um, but like Christmas, I mean, it's it's freaking Christmas and we're like our entire life is in boxes right now, you know. <laughs> so but but the thing is, is like this is a temporary deal and it's a it's a problem of uh, of uh, abundance. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like this is, you know, this Christmas is going to be weird, yeah. you know, so we'll get our shit together and next year maybe we'll do the thing, you know. When, but yeah. when wasn't Christmas weird? I mean, oh, <laughs> always. That's always the fucked up weird. thing about the holidays. It's like we have these expectations like and it gets got, weird and it always gets weird because <laughs> we have the it's our fault. Damn, he's right. Damn, I never <laughs> I never looked at it like oh, that. My, Dude, my, it's always weird. Yeah, my I wife, had, my wife just laid that me, on me today, man. I'm like, I'm like, man, we're Christmas sucks this year. We're broke. Blah, blah, blah. Like we're spending so much money. And my wife's like, how is that different from every other? Yeah. Year? <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're right. You know what? This is it. She's like, every year it's fine. Every year it's okay. Yeah. Why worry about it this year? Yeah. It's never the same. It's like somebody asked me the other day, like, what I think we were having dinner and they're like, what was your favorite? Oh, it was, it was last night. It was with my in-laws and my wife and a friend of hers. And they're like, what was your favorite present growing up? And I was like, that one Christmas I got the Game Boy, everything came into place, right? Like it was all there. Everything was great. And it's like, why? It's like very alcoholic to be like, well, every year it's got to be that level of feeling. It's got to feel like everything's right. right and I get what I want. It's like, dude, that is, I'm causing my own chaos there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially yeah. as you get older and Christmas becomes, you know, less about the Game Boy and more about <laughs> seeing mom. It's on you. Yeah. 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 It's You're on the you one now. that has to buy the Game Boy. Right. Yeah, it's, That's real. It's just, yeah. It's different. See, I, I get to be kind of a selfish ass because like I don't have kids, so I can just yeah, like me I can buy myself that game. If I guess well, see, that's that's, that's it. I'm not waiting for somebody else to give it to me. Yeah, that's why Christmas is difficult for my wife. She's like, I don't know what to get you because when you want something, you just buy it because we yeah. don't have kids either. So it's like, yeah, I got we can just buy it whenever we want. And I mean, we're not rich, but if I want, you know, I want to buy a video game or whatever. It's not right. a big deal. Right. Oh, my kids are grown. I don't have any. I got a 14 year old left. And right I'm probably on. just gonna give him the money. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> I go. mean, I mean, these kids today. I mean, I think he would probably be more happier with that. So I'm, yeah, you know, I'm alleviating all stress levels. I'm just there. Here you go. You. Money. We'll go whenever you want to go. And I don't, yeah. I don't know how you thick the that thing your dad did. The pop, 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 pop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I can do the pop, 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 pop. <laughs> yeah. I learned that about 15 years ago. <laughs> My dad had a way of counting his money, man. It sounded like bullets coming out of a gun, man. Boom, and man. I used to practice this and practice this. Almost broke my thumb one time. <laughs> like snapping the bills, like yeah, as they're folded and they're open. Oh, yeah, he would snap the bills. I'm mm. like, how do you do that? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, man, that, that old old player shit right there. Mm-hmm. Did it come out of a money clip? Almost definitely. Oh god, almost definitely. Yeah. My dad, I used to watch my dad shave with a straight eight razor, man. Oh, wow. My dad was a, a man's man. <laughs> do you do that when you're barbering? Do you do do you do straight razor shit? Oh, yeah. My 11th finger, bro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my 11th finger. There's That's nothing. What... When you're sitting in that chair and they have that straight razor to your neck, you're never more vulnerable than that. Yeah. 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 Sweeney Todd. But yeah. Yeah. yeah right. I mean, they, I mean, this is for for anybody listening, you guys, too. Like, this is an old school barbershop, man. If you're in Lincoln and you want an old school barbershop, check it out. Like, I'd be I'd be remiss if we didn't plug how cool this barbershop is. But it's it's legit an old school barbershop. They got the barber pole spinning. They do nice. the hot cream. They do the straight razor shave. It's hell. I might come in just to get a shave. Yeah, I well, could use I, a shave. I don't know if you can tell, but we try to we try to, you know, traditional barber arts. 
you know, is what is what we call it. My wife's been a barber uh, 34 years now. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys listen to the show. She was my instructor when I met her. So I was kind of hot for the teacher. Got the teacher. Oh. Yeah. Now she's my wife and she cuts hair next to me. So she instilled That's a lot crazy. of that. A lot of those traditional barber arts and the values and just the old school ways, man. And I grew up across the street from a barbershop, uh, Wade's Barbershop, uh, 23rd and R Street. Oh, nice. And uh, I don't know if you guys remember Wide World of Sports. Yeah. yeah. Howard Cosell. Okay. Yeah. I had to wait every Saturday to get the uh, highlights. Well, I, I, you remember the emblem, right? Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah, seeing this van across the street from the barbershop. I was like, wow, that's wide world of sports. So I go in there, ask my mom for $5. That's how much a haircut costs. And I go in there, and it's Mike Rogier being interviewed by the wide world of sports. Get out. It wasn't Cosell, though. It wasn't Cosell. Uh, and he was going to get his Heisman Trophy the very next night. Wow. Damn. Yeah, so it was, it was, it was kind of instilled in me. I knew what I was going to do, you know, mm. even from then. Mike Rozier, that was the glory days. Yeah, that was the man. That's still my favorite guy, man. Dude. That's still my favorite guy. Him and Jarvis Redwine. Jarvis Redwine. Yes, sir. The Afro. World be free. Yeah, I remember those guys, man. I just, well, those two things, that's literally everything I know about Husker football. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yep. Yeah, well, that's some, I'm a some good I'm, dudes. I'm totally not. That's another thing that, like, I'm just not a sports ball guy. I never really have been I, like I'm into music. I never played sports. I was never good at it or had any desire to get hit <laughs> in pursuit of getting the the sport, the the points thing. I didn't never cared about that. Um, I was happier with a guitar and a bong, frankly. But um, <laughs> right, right, right. Well, well, I've been in a couple of those rooms. My wife used to make fun of me. I just I think I just admitted to her uh, last year or something that I was in the band. I played everything brass. Oh, yeah. Like marching band. Yeah. I, and she, she called me a band nerd, man. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, what? That's all right, man. I, 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 that's where I learned how to party was in marching band. Yeah. It was great, man. They party harder than anybody. We had, we yes. Had, oh. band was such a great time, man. It was awesome. I've never, I'm, the theater, I was, I'm a theater nerd, right? I teach theater. I'm an actor, all that stuff, director. Okay. I, no, no party ever got weirder than a theater party. All right. Yeah, so just, yeah, yeah. There was, there, yeah, there's costumes involved in that Dude, one. <laughs> I learned a lot. I learned a lot. <laughs> Joel talks about he went to Cal Arts, man, and that place blew some of the stories like blows the top of my head off. Like that yeah. sounds all right. Yeah, it was a Bakken, <laughs> it was a Bakken drug sex fest. And I was sober at the time, so it was it was more more observing than anything, but wow. Good times. <laughs> this is, is, was this 90s, 2000s? Uh, so I, I graduated high school in 98. College, I, I blew through a four-year degree in six years. So I got out of there in 2004. <laughs> and, then did, and then did grad school from 06 to 09. So I was out. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was out in California at that time. So hmm. yeah, what's, oh, we, did, we didn't, what's the name of the barbershop? Skinny D's. Skinny D's. Skinny D's Barbershop. Okay. So, uh, one of the things I mean, we're, I think we're kind of bumping up against our hour, but uh, one of the things, Joel, Dude, we could talk for questions? three more hours. Yeah, I feel guys. like we could do this for a long time. Oh my god, you got nothing to do? Yeah, Sunday, man, I'm chilling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I got I got a wife and kids chomping at the bit. 
we got like, the street pack and yeah it's it's nuts man and my daughter well here's the here's the here's the here's like a thing is that in the flurry of last minute packing uh we packed my older daughter's computer and we don't want know where it is and she needs it for homework oh shit Ooh. so uh, it's yeah. like that's kind first of things it. first that's, that's what right I'm that's right. But uh, one of the, Joel, you want to ask him the, the questions? Oh yeah. So I am I am fascinated by by uh, what people are into. Like okay. Um, like and, and I think you two might have a, a, a I, I don't know whatever what may, what may surprise you that you're listening to right now or like what are your top things that you always go? What are your bona fide? You know, mine is Pearl Jam. I got the poster right behind me. They're my they're my go to. Steve's is the Grateful Dead. But like, what are your what what are your all time artists that you listen to, or maybe something right now that you're kind of into that you would uh, you, that might shock people? Maybe. Sure. Well, I don't know. I don't know about shock people, but I think I've talked about this before too. But like my all time favorite go to band is Metallica. Oh yeah. wow! Metallica. I've been into Metallica since the day I was born. My dad listens to Metallica. You know, well when they played the Pinnacle Bank Arena, I I had the opportunity to buy my dad tickets to Metallica. Nice. It, was, it was the first time he's ever seen him. You know, so Metallica is kind of. What's your What's your Metallica my, album? My my comfort, uh, Ride the Lightning. Yeah, nice. yeah. Ride the, the Bell Tolls, sure. baby. If yeah. you were gonna say anything after the Black album, we were gonna have words. But... <laughs> I saw. The, I hey, saw... their new one. Their new stuff's pretty good. I Dude, like their new stuff quite a what bit. What was that one? <sighs> Death. Yeah, Death Magnetic. Dude, I, when I heard that, I was like they've gotten back to something that's a good one yeah they, yeah they got it back and their show i don't know if either one of you went to the show at pba but it was, it was amazing they had like they had old school tv sets falling from the ceiling with oh, wow. like their old videos playing on them it was crazy so yeah metallica um as far as something that might surprise people i mean i've talked about this too i like to be an open book you know i don't want to be surprising but uh, i like the backstreet boys man i'll, I'll throw the backstreet boys <laughs> on he has admitted that he whoa, 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 whoa. yeah dude i love that i'll listen me and my wife saw the backstreet boys so in like, well, hold on hold it was on, amazing hold on, hold on. it was amazing so un- unironically like the the backstreet boys or like ironic because i i unironically oh, love kesha and i unironically hey, love hollow notes me too. All me and my wife baby. saw Kesha in Milwaukee, and it was it was fantastic. Nice. Yeah, I'll, I'll listen to Kesha too. But yeah, Backstreet Boys. I know the words, man. I'll... <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it, dude. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> All right, yeah. D. Uh, D. My go-to's would I would have to say uh, Eric B and Rakim. I probably every day. I probably shower where where I, I'm Eric B and Rakim's yeah. top about, of my playlist. Surprising, mm-hmm. and everybody likes Eric B and Rakim. Uh, my. Between Eric B and Rakim and LL Cool J. Oh, dude. Uh, surprisingly, and you guys mentioned this this morning, man, I love CCR, man. Those my dudes, man. Oh, really? I love that sound. I love that. <laughs> quang, quang, quang. I, I know everything. All the I albums are my favorite. <laughs> I put on, I put on the... them's, my, them's my favorite white boys in the whole world next to Larry Bird. <laughs> All right. I put a, I, next to Larry Bird. Is that what next you said? Larry Bird, man. That's, that's my Jesus right there, man. Larry Bird. Uh, I, I put on... Uh, Run through the jungle yesterday. Actually, yeah. the oh, yeah. CC. Oh, dude, yeah. just that and, and that groove is I'm so a, good. I'm, I'm, and what I love about that that genre of music, man, you're gonna get a six, seven, eight, nine, ten minute song. Yeah, and I hear different every time. Every can I time can I, I listen I, to it? I'll I'll say it, Steve. Can I interest you in the Grateful Dead? <laughs> No, I've, I've, uh, I've never. I don't think I've ever listened. That's such. Don't day. listen to the studio albums. We'll talk later. That's all. That's yeah, a whole. Yeah, yeah. Big yeah. Thing. yeah, we'll give you the good stuff. That's a whole okay. big thing. Maybe, right maybe, now, my we'll, my new. Right now, I'm listening. Well, it's not new. I've always been listening to them, and you may know the L. Michaels band. 
I don't know that. Oh wow, man! They did. They redid uh thirty six chambers Wu Tang. Oh, they redo wow. all of Wu Tang, man. Check them out. L. What? Oh they, yeah. They redo all the Wu Tang stuff. All of Wu Tang stuff. L. Michaels, man. Check them out. I, I call it real funk. Oh okay. We had so, we had the Parliament era, yeah. and that was their own funk. Yeah. But this is real funk, you know. That's music my guy, uh, music guy. This is real funk. That's one of my favorite things. I've seen George Clinton four or five times probably over the years. Yeah. And I fuck I the first time I saw him, I liked him for a long time, but I saw him at the Berkeley Community Theater in Berkeley, California on Halloween wow. of 1993. That was a show. It was insane. <laughs> and it was amazing. I mean, they brought, I mean, the mothership landed on top of the building and took us. <laughs> Four hours later, dropped us back off. And we were all like, well, I, I don't even know what to do now because that was fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, man. I'll never I don't remember, but I'll never forget it, man. Yeah, my most memorable concert was Run DMC, Public Enemy and the Beastie Boys. 19. Wow. That was he, that was here, wasn't it? At Pers- Persian Auditorium, brother. Wow. I had to beg my mom, beg my mom, and beg my mom. And that's where I first heard the Beastie Boys. That's where I first okay. laid eyes. And I was like, who are these? And it wasn't a gimmick. They wasn't making fun of hip-hop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were yeah. doing it. They were they doing were it. Doing that it. was the thing. Like, it, like, if you watch the Fight for Your Right party, Fight for Your Right to Party video, it's like, that's kind of a gimmick. But then you hear that album, and it's like... Classic. It's They're doing Classic. it. Classic. Yeah. Classic. Classic. And I don't think a lot of people know Paul Revere, man. That song was an accident. That what? was an accident. Dude, I can do that whole song. I won't, but I can. I, I know that whole song. <laughs> How is it an accident? It was an accident, man. Uh, I think MCA told the story before he passed, man. That beat was an accident. The, the like reverse, like yep, sub. It was, that was straight backwards. Dude, when we, I remember my brother and I rolling around in Columbus, Nebraska, my dad's 83 LeSabre. <laughs> and when that, when that like weird backwards beat happened. Oh yeah. I mean, we were transcended to a different. Yeah. Dimension. Yeah. Yeah. Now. I mean, it just gets it's a little yeah, story. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. 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 Them's that's gotta be one of my favorites, man. I probably yeah. put, probably should have put them out there too. The beasties. I should work on a top 10, right? Dude. <laughs> yeah. Give us your list, man. Cause like a top 10 is hard, man. I'm all over, hard. I'm all over the place, man. I'm like, so I'm, hard. My music I miss Scarface, is... man. I hate that. I, I, I miss Scarface, man. Scarface. Scarface. Oh, my favorite. Yeah. The yeah, ghetto boys. I mean, I'll right. listen to everything except country. Like I have a, I have a favorite album from every genre yeah. except country music and even country. Like I like Johnny Cash. I like right. Coulter wall. Right. Uh, I just don't Actual like country. Actually. Right. I don't. I don't like the my beer fell off my tractor. Right. 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 Like Waylon. Listen to Waylon. <laughs> Waylon Jennings. I looked at. He was a gangster to me. He wasn't yeah, sure. That was a he was for sure. <laughs> Cash. For sure. That was, they, they were those were Billy Nelson. Like come Billy, on, that's yeah. a gangster. Yep. Oh, I love you guys. Yeah, want, this has been so much time. fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go. I feel like this is a really good episode, man. It's I was like, going to say, I this is like, a good episode. I feel like, you know, on the playground, when you meet a new friend, you're like, you don't want to leave the playground because you're like, word, 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 word. Yeah, word. ever? Word, word. Uh, you guys are welcome back on this podcast. Yeah, anytime, Anytime. We'll anytime. Have to, we'll have to talk. Who knows? Yeah, maybe absolutely. this could turn into a thing. Force it might. It might. Hey, yeah, it I'm with it, man. I'm with it. All right. Yeah. Well, God, I'm so glad that uh, I'm thankful to Danny Renault for saying you guys got to check these dudes out. Yeah. And uh, it's really cool to know that uh, you're out there. And uh, I don't know, maybe I need to stop and get a shave. Come on in. <laughs> oh, brother. Hey, here's well. the thing. I got I got to ask one question. 
and I'm probably going to regret asking it. Oh, God. <laughs> but what's the deal with space not being real? Uh, you yeah, just opened up a can of worms right before we're about. Okay. I know. Yeah, that's a, that's a clear story. my schedule. Hey, I got time. I got time. Uh, <laughs> my whole thing is. Uh, I heard that and I went, okay. This speaking, is of the, speaking of theater, I, I have uh -huh. a, a client who has to be a thespian. Uh huh. And, and maybe you've heard of this, the, uh, the uh, fourth wall effect. Are yeah. you familiar with it? Yeah. How in a sitcom show, we only see the three walls. They never show us the fourth wall where the magic is happening, where they're fooling us. Yep. Editing everything. Well, just the other day when they sent the capsule up, they should have cameras, thousands, if not millions of cameras on the outside of that thing. I want to see space. I want to see what you guys supposedly saw. I pan out, pan in, show me Venus, Saturn, Mars, whatever the hell is out there. I need to see all of it. Until they can show me that, I don't believe it. You're not in. Okay. But they, and then the they, word, what's the so, word? I learned the word ionosphere. And, you know, if we all, you know, kind of figure out what the ionosphere, nothing, nothing's allowed in or out of it. So, okay. So you, you're, okay. So you're saying we got to, you want proof beyond the ionosphere to sort of see what that world is before exactly. you're. Exactly. I need to see, if we can see Venus shining in the sky, thousands of miles away however when you go up there you should be a little bit closer show us mm. okay you show me okay we're gonna I, have I to probably i probably will have a problem <laughs> with space i believe more in the ocean than i do the sky and we may be able to get off of the earth thousand two thousand miles but there's a barrier that i don't think any man-made machine can really get outside of without killing everybody so is the mars rover in your in your estimation the mars rover is just theatrics that that mars rover is in yuma arizona oh! <laughs> i mean to, to be all right, all right. To, to be to be fair for the, for the record i'm i'm on the spaces real team okay. uh, <laughs> uh, but to, but to be fair those mars those mars rover pictures do that's exactly what 29 palms california looks like all right yeah i know i've been i've been to the high it's desert too man and it's rare. real like yeah, so yeah, some of those pictures I'm like, yeah, I've been there, but I, I do think space is real for the record. I'm on one of the, <laughs> you guys, one of the places. You guys, you, you guys but it's, kill it's me, one man. of the it's one of the things that like like the first time I came in here to get my haircut, they were telling me about how space isn't real. And I went home and I was like <laughs> <laughs> I, went home I got my I, haircut I and my mind blown. I, I was like, I, I can tell you crazy. He had to come back more for that than the haircut. <laughs> those <Yeah>. conversations <laughs> do not happen at supercuts. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And that's part of the reason we started a podcast, too. We're like, man, we need to capture these conversations. Yes. Yeah. Share them with the world because we talk about some crazy shit sometimes. And we're the only ones here. I mean, why stop going to the moon in 72 with all the technology that we have? I mean, we're growing body parts. We're we're doing amazing things in the medical field and science together. I mean, because you can't. There's no oil. Yeah, there's, there's no, there's no oil. oil. It's, it's expensive. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's nothing on there to take. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. If there were any resources there, it would have been war for the moon since then. Right, right, right. At least you a tour. I mean, give some tours. I mean, right. I mean at least a vacation module or something for the um, super rich. I mean, and then to That'll dig into happen. that like I did, and then they say they lost the technology. I took it like it maybe had been destroyed, mm. but to say we've lost the technology and to be where we are today with technology um mm. 
Mm. I can't fall for the banana yeah. in the tailpipe. Yeah, I mean that's all thing. NASA got funded though, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah broke right. <laughs> Initially, that broke them. Yeah. All right. Huh. Well, that's a hell of a way to <laughs> tie things up. Next, next time we have you guys on, we're going to decide whether space is real, real or, or the birds we'll, are we'll real. Have, like we'll have like a cage match on it. Is the moon flat? Here we go. Right. <laughs> I'm in. All moon. right, guys. <laughs> I love you guys. So yeah, great to guys. meet you. What yeah, an amazing awesome. time. Yeah. You guys are always welcome back. Yep. Yes, Can't wait to have you on again for real. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, I, I suppose I should plug our stuff really yeah, quick. Please. Do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Um, always chilling podcasts. We're everywhere that you listen to podcasts, probably. And if we're not, it's pretty easy for me to do it. So let us know. We'll get on there. Uh, we're on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all that stuff. Um, send us an email, always chilling podcast at gmail.com. Let us know if you like the show. If you hate us, we, we take all feedback, not just the good stuff. So Same. Right on, guys. I Thank love you. it. All right. Thank you All right. so much. Enjoy. Have a great day. Uh, happy holidays if you celebrate. If you don't celebrate, enjoy your week. Uh, exactly. Thank you so much. Yeah, Thank you, you. You guys, too. Thank you for having us on, man. This is great. We, yeah. This is really fun. Yeah.
Thank you. Don't forget, toot your hooter.